Welcome to another edition of the GOAT District OG Livewire. We're here. It's already week five. We're ready to roll. Um, we got a busy week on the waiver wire. District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, for the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash off is the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now, all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Fish. So welcome back. We're here in week five. Um, it was a wild week. Uh, we had the biggest shootout of the week was a Geno Smith, Jared Goff game. If I would have said that on a podcast in August, I think people would have laughed at me. Uh, but here we are. Uh, that Detroit offense is just absolutely rolling. Um, a quick little GOAT district update. I had a low scoring game um, in our FFPC varsity league. Uh, Andrew, Dan, and I are currently sixth overall in that that league right now. We started out the season red hot. Um, we have a lot of guys we can start, so that makes it kind of a little bit difficult. Uh, Darren Waller certainly did not help us out this past week. Uh, and we had a big win for our GOAT district, Millie Billy's Live main event team. Uh, we put up like 150 this week. We got an important win. Uh, that team will be towards the uh, top of the league in terms of most points scored. And then in terms of some of my other high-stakes teams, I feel like I have a lot of two-and-two two teams right now. And I usually would be pushing the panic button. But when you look up and down, if you're in a lot of these NFFC, FFWC, uh, FFPC-type leagues, if you look up and down your, your league standings right now, you're going to see a lot of pretty close scoring. Usually there's one team that's run kind of running away with, uh, you know, might have a 100-point, 50-point, 75 point lead, but I feel like there's a lot of teams that are that are a little bit close right now. So I think the only thing we can continue to do is grind on the waiver wire and try to make our team as best as good as we can in terms of start sit decisions and waiver wire choices. Um, and this week is definitely one where we're going to have some options. Uh, why don't we start out at the quarterback position? Again, our threshold for players to add is 25% in a Yahoo league. So if you happen to be in a league where Jared Goff is available, I know he's available in about 50% of Yahoo leagues right now. He's not available in any of my higher stakes leagues. Um, I was able to pick him up in a few spots and I'm very glad that I did uh, over the past few weeks. Uh, he had another just magnificent game. He threw for four touchdown passes it was a 48-45 uh, thriller. The Lions are absolutely humming as a team. They're averaging 35 points per game. 
the new offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, seems like one of these guys that people are just going to all be talking about by midseason. They're leading the NFL in total yards per game. It's an outstanding number. I don't have it in front of me, but it's well over 400 yards uh, total offense a game. The, the lines are just doing it, and it doesn't matter who's on the field. This past week, they were missing Amon Ross St. Brown. They were missing DeAndre Swift. And they were able to just plug guys in. TJ Hawkinson had a career-high game. Uh, Josh Reynolds, who we'll talk about a little later, had a really nice game. Uh, Jamal Williams was fantastic filling in. Uh, and Ben Johnson just seems to get it. He's putting his guys in a, in a position where they're going uh, to be successful, and it doesn't really matter who's in there. They should have Amon Ross St. Brown back uh, very quickly, and I think that offense will continue to uh, to hum. Jared Goff has one top six uh, quarterback finish in his career. He finished QB4, I believe, in 2018. I think that there's an outside chance that he's a top five quarterback this year. I wouldn't bet on it. I think he probably regresses a little bit, but I think he's uh, a very safe bet to be a top 12 QB for the year. Uh, we've talked about some other guys over the past few weeks. I think uh, the Andy Dalton experiment in uh, in in England with Jameis Winston out uh, with an injury w- was pretty choppy. Um, I think if Jameis Winston was dropped, he's a guy you can consider adding again. He threw for a lot of yards uh, the previous week, and then he was out again with injury. Um, but the two guys that I wrote about in my article on Player Profiler are Kenny Pickett and Geno Smith. I also mentioned Teddy Bridgewater, um, but we'll start out with Pickett. Kenny Pickett filled in for Mitch Trubisky. Trubisky's been very, very bad, and it was great to see Kenny Pickett get the opportunity. Uh, He ran for two touchdowns this past weekend. That was a positive. The negative is he threw for three interceptions, but if you get a chance to see the replay of the interceptions, one was a desperation Hail Mary. The other was one that probably should not have been picked off, Uh, and I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Rookie QBs are going to make mistakes, but I think that Pickett has shown a willingness to pass to, to George Pickens. Patrick Fire, Pat Fryermuth is playing fantastic football at the tight end position, and we know what Deontay Johnson is capable of. Chase Claypool uh, is not playing very well at all, but in terms of a number three wide receiver, he offers you some things. So Pittsburgh has very good weapons. Uh, Pickett will have a chance to step in and be a QB two. I think that's a realistic um, a realistic projection for him. So if you're in a super flex league, he's a guy that you really want to prioritize this week. He ran for 20 touchdowns in his career at Pittsburgh. He famously had a fake slide where the NCAA uh, changed the rule afterwards, where Pickett rattled off a huge run faked the slide and, and ran for a few more yards during his, his uh, Heisman Trophy campaign last year. So he's he's got some, you know, he, to, to, to not be censored here, he's got some shit to his game as a rusher. I think that he's uh, an opportunistic rusher who will offer you a few rushing attempts a game. And again, with his weapons in Pittsburgh, he's a guy that I'd like to see how it goes this season. The fact that Pittsburgh is going to him uh, means that Mike Tomlin has some some confidence in him. As bad as Trubisky is, I don't think Tomlin would have thrown out a rookie if he didn't think he was ready. Again, this week they play Buffalo, so don't use Pickett, but I would encourage you to add him. He's better than some of these QB2 options that we've we've seen uh, you know, added to our teams. So I, I want to see where Pickett goes. Geno Smith would be my number one QB add this week. 
he uh, is playing fantastic football. He's 31. He's about to turn 32, uh, I think, very soon, sometime in October. I've always kind of rooted for Geno Smith. Uh, he's a was a New York Jet before. You know, he had some some hard luck in New York, uh, but he was a very likable guy. I really liked him at West Virginia when he was a collegiate player, and he's suddenly thrown into this opportunity in Seattle. There was the quarterback battle between him and Drew Luck, uh, Drew Locke, excuse me, um, this past summer, where people thought maybe it would be Locke. Gino won that job, and he absolutely deserved it. He's a much, much better player, and he's showing it uh, lately. He's had two games in a row where he's thrown for two touchdowns and 320 yards or more. He's just playing great. He's got, he's had some rushing upside. This past week, he ran for 49 yards and a touchdown. Again, it was one of the most wild uh, games of the weekend, the Seattle-Detroit game. If you have NFL+, Plus, go back and take a look. Uh, it was just very fun offensive football. And we're seeing Seattle have a great number of pass attempts per game now. Sort of everything we wanted for Russell Wilson, Geno Smith is getting. So a quarterback is cooking in Seattle, but it's not Russ Wilson. It's Geno Smith. If you're in a league where you're streaming QBs, Geno Smith's the guy that you want to keep an eye on. Uh, and if you're in a super flex, uh, you know, you should make a sizable bid to get him. The third QB is Teddy Bridgewater. Perhaps you've been using Tua. Tua is going to miss this week uh, with a concussion. We don't need to get into that. Everybody saw the play. Everybody knows the controversy. But Teddy's interesting. I think Mike McDaniel is going to put him in a, in a position to put up some okay numbers. So if you're really in a bind in like a super flex league, you can go out and get Teddy Bridgewater to fill in for you. And you can use him, uh, especially if you're if you're a Tua team. You know, consider adding Teddy Bridgewater as a very short-term fill-in. Again, we don't need to go over the Miami weapons. You know that Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and Miami's going to be looking for a win, and they play the Jets this week, so we would anticipate Miami's going to have some success. The running back position is very interesting this week. If you're in a home league or in a league where I, I don't see – I don't think you're going to have him available in too many NFFC, you know, FFPC-type 20-man leagues – but Tyler Algier would be a great pickup in a home league. I would prioritize him. This past week, he finished with 84 yards rushing on 10 carries, and he added a 20-yard reception. He had another big run called back on a penalty. He was a very successful player at BYU, put up big-time numbers. The Falcons drafted him this year. They talked him up. Cordero Patterson has now been sent to the IR. Patterson only played 29% of snaps this past week, so I don't know why Atlanta even brought a banged-up Patterson out there this week, but a lot of what Atlanta's doing doesn't make a lot of sense to me this year. So, uh, again, I think that this is going to be the Tyler Algier show for this week in a very difficult matchup against the Bucks. Caleb Huntley also ran for 50-plus yards and a touchdown, but I think it was more of like a hot-hand approach where they used Huntley – Huntley is a non-factor in the passing game, so I would kind of leave him on my waiver wire and let somebody else bid for him. Um, if you're in a very deeper format, you can grab Huntley just to see if if I am wrong on that one. The other running back that I would encourage you to be aggressive getting is Damian Williams, especially if you're in a 20-man format league. Damian Williams is due to come back from off the, off the IR. Now with Cordero Patterson out, Williams is going to offer Atlanta a lot. Atlanta is running the ball 
at an extremely high rate. They're top five in the league in terms of run-to-pass ratio. They're going to keep leaning on their running backs. And as frustrated as we can be for rostering Kyle Pitts and to some extent Drake London, that's what Arthur Smith is. He's going to try to run the ball, and they're going to have not enough passing attempts to the guys we want getting passing attempts to. But we have to be realistic with what we're looking at, and we need to go out and get Tyler Algier if he's available. And if he's not, try to grab some Damian Williams. If I'm in a NFFC or FFPC type league, I want to go out and get Williams. I, I think he could pay off. I think he's going to have some flex value. And in bye weeks, I think he can fill in at the running back spot. Anticipate that he'll get the, at the very least, I think he'll get the Tyler Alg- Algier work, which was about 10 rushes a game. And add to the fact that he can be a pass catcher. He's very interesting. We got to talk about Mike Boone. When I wrote my article, Mike Boone was a guy that I was very, very excited about. We we saw Javante, Javante Williams go down for the season, torn ACL. It's terrible news. I have some Javante Williams teams that are that are going to struggle now. But Mike Boone made the most sense as a guy to add. Boone has pass catching ability. Melvin Gordon's dealing with a neck injury. Mike Boone uh, is a very a very safe player. He rarely fumbles, and Melvin Gordon has four fumbles on the year. Mike Boone, I wrote, has potential to be an RB2. And I still think it's a guy that we need to price check, but I'm going to be not quite as aggressive with my fab on Mike Boone because I don't like the Latavius uh, Murray signing. They went out and signed Latavius Murray – we saw Latavius Murray have success this past weekend in London. Latavius Murray uh, is a somewhat boring running back. He's older now, but he ran for a touchdown. He ran for over 50 yards, basically signed off the street. He he uh, was on the, the active roster for 24 hours uh, for the Saints and was able to produce like that. And the Broncos went out and got him off the practice squad and – He's a guy that I could see being really annoying in the Melvin Gordon, Mike Boone uh, situation. So I would still encourage you to price check Mike Boone, but I think he he's not going to be when he when the injury initially happened. He's a guy that I could have anticipated going like thirty percent, and now I think I'm going to scale it back a little bit. I'm still going to bid on him to price check. I don't want anybody getting Mike Boone for free. There's a chance that Mike Boone can still run away with this. But the Latavius Murray signing worries me a little bit where I'm not going to be quite as aggressive. Again, you know your um, you know your roster needs. Mike Boone would be the best available running back this week in most of my high-stakes formats. So if I really needed a running back, I'd be more aggressive with Mike Boone. However, I don't want to spend you know 35% on a guy and have him be a very much a committee back that I can't use. And the Latavius Murray uh, signing does worry me just a little bit. You could go out and get Latavius Murray for a lot cheaper. And it probably is is the incorrect call, but I think that it could be annoying enough. If I'm a Melvin Gordon uh, manager in, in, in leagues that have trades, especially in dynasty leagues, I'm looking to cash out. Melvin Gordon, again, has four fumbles this year. He's already dealing with a neck injury. I don't think it's anything that's particularly uh, 
you know, season ending type thing, but it's already, you already have the injuries kind of showing up for an older running back. Who's again, fumbled it four times this year. I would be looking to cash out on Melvin Gordon. Uh, if I had him in pretty much any league that allows trading, I think that his, his max upside is still an RB two level. And I think you get, might get somebody to pay you, you know, as a high-end RB2 value if they're really running back needy. So I would kick the tires on some trades for Melvin Gordon. Uh, after that, Jalen Warren needs to be rostered. He's the clear uh, handcuff in Pittsburgh. We talk about him every single week. Anybody who watched the Javante Williams injury just needs to realize you're, you're always one play away. And in Pittsburgh, Jalen Warren would be it. Uh, Justice Hill had a slight hamstring injury. He's still the guy that I prefer in Baltimore, but I know a lot of people are also on Gus Edwards. I think that whether you agree with me on Justice Hill or you want Gus Edwards, I want those guys on my team. And I have some Gus Edwards as well. I like Gus Edwards. I think he could he could carve out a nice role. Uh, Justice Hill uh, saw two targets. He had he's had back-to-back weeks of, of decent production in terms of touches. Um, I want the backup running backs to J.K. Dobbins. I think there's a chance they work in uh, multiple running backs every single week. The weather's going to get colder. Uh, we know Baltimore wants to run the ball, so I want to have Justice Hill or Gus Edwards on all of my rosters, one of the two, and we want to monitor this Justice Hill injury. That pretty much covers the running backs. Deion Jackson, so right now Jonathan Taylor may miss Thursday night. Again, Naheem Hines is going to be rostered in all of your leagues. I know he's rostered in all of my leagues. He's in, rostered in all of my home leagues. So I see some analysts saying, go pick up Naeem Hines. I don't know what leagues Naeem Hines is available in. Probably the same leagues that Rashad White's available in, because I've seen that thrown out there as well. And they're also probably the same leagues that George Pickens is available in. So I'm not going to waste your time with that. But Deion Jackson is interesting. Philip Lindsay's been mentioned. Philip Lindsay's, Lindsay's been on the practice squad. And I know that uh, we, we've seen uh, Frank Reich mention that Philip Lindsay might, is going to be uh, brought up if Jonathan Taylor is not ready to go. But Deion Jackson kind of interests me as a, you know, a low bid guy. Just because he beat out Lindsay in the preseason, he's been on the active roster. He's a second year back. He played at Duke. I'm just kind of interested in him. I might throw out a couple dollar bids because I think people are thinking Philip Lindsay. I might just grab Deion Jackson and see what happens with it. Again, if you want Lindsay, I don't think he's going to cost that much. We should know a lot more about Jonathan Taylor. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, maybe this afternoon we'll have an idea if he's ready to go. It sounds like he might. Uh, and then we'll get to the tight end position. First, let me pull up the comments. 1912. Thank you, 1912. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate the uh, the the gift you made uh, for to promote the show. It was awesome. I really appreciate that. Uh, shout out to JD who's turning tuning in. Shout out to to Josh. Yeah, Josh, we went over Huntley. Um, again, I I don't think he's he offers enough. But if you want to throw a you know a dollar or two, you know a five dollar bid out there to get him, just to see where it goes. Atlanta certainly is very going to be very run ha- uh, heavy. Stockpile. I feel you, stockpile. Stockpile with the comment, man. When you go with the hero strategy and Javante Williams is that guy, it's. It's really, really disappointing. And I think what's also disappointing is a lot of drafters who drafted for unknown upside, something we talked about on the GOAT District this summer, a lot of years unknown upside has been the way to go. Drafting guys who have yet to show you what they're capable of, 
and they end up producing a big way and you end up looking back at their ADP and it was a discounted thing. This year, the unknown upside guys are just getting slaughtered. Travis Etienne has been a huge disappointment. Javante Williams goes down with an injury. Kyle Pitts, the usage has just been terrible. So it's been a it's been a tough run, um, but we just got to keep on trucking. Uh, stockpile, what are your current thoughts on the Browns running backs? So this one's super interesting. And shout out to Mike Sanda, a high stakes player in NFFC who's a friend of mine and a big Browns fan. He tweeted out Dearness Johnson to Denver. Then the Latavius Murray uh, signing happened. So I don't anticipate that. But Dearness Johnson's a very talented player. I don't think he can do it for a long period of time, but he's the kind of guy that's showed he can fill in for three or four games and, you know, offer you fantasy production. If you have a deep league, that's not a bad stash. They drafted Jerome Ford, which makes me think that they they were kind of planning on making a move potentially, but Nick Chubb's been fantastic. Kareem Hunt is what he is. Uh, it seems like Dearness Johnson is like a superfluous guy, um, but again, he just doesn't really have a path right now. And I don't think there's any real strong rumors. Shout out to 1912 lost Swift, have Henderson and white to fill in. Would you go heavy boot on Boone with that roster? I think I would again. I, I think it's more of a 20 something percent bid uh, than a 40% bid, which if they didn't sign Latavius Murray, I think you could justify a massive bid, but I think it's more of a price check bid. If you miss him, you miss him, but I don't want to see you get burned using a huge amount of fab on a guy who just might not work out. Again, I'm going to bid on Boone, but I've tempered my expectations on him a little more than when I wrote my article. Who are some of the guys you're dropping this week from JD? You know, that's an interesting one, uh, JD. I haven't gone through it yet. Uh, that's, that's probably something that would have been helpful for the show, and I think we'll start doing that uh, next week. My my leagues are I, – I know one guy I'm going to drop this week is probably Jarek McKinnon. Um, I have some leagues where I'm going to drop him just because I think Pacheco looks so good. They tried to get McKinnon involved around the goal line, but he was pretty much pretty much lapped by, by Pacheco this week. And Pacheco just looks so good. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has had so much success that that's a guy I think I could cut. Uh, I don't have so much hopes for McKinnon unless there was an injury. Uh, so basically, here's uh, one more one more comment. We'll go because it's a good one. Jimmy uh, Deverglio says, "Is Rashad White the chosen one?" I love Rashad White. I think Rashad White's a top thirty pick in redraft next year. They certainly used him this past week, like we want to see. I don't know if that was game flow dependent, but I think that the best thing was he had the early fumble on special teams. And he was able to be leaned on in the passing game and also got the goal line run. Like Rashad White, I think, is, is a stud. Again, any week Leonard Fournette's uh, healthy and active, you're not going to see the Rashad White show. But if Fournette were to potentially miss, I think Rashad White's an RB1 for me. He's really, really good. He reminds me a little bit of David Johnson. And we all saw what David Johnson did in year two. If you have a chance to get Rashad White in Dynasty, absolutely go and do that. Uh, so getting back to, to the positions, we'll start with an ugly one, and that's tight end. Will Disley is now tight end nine for the year. I can't believe that I'm talking about Will Disley on a, on a podcast, and I can't believe I had to write about him. He's very, very much a jag in his career. He's had some 
fantasy games that are fantasy usable because he occasionally finds the end zone. Um, but he did lead Seattle tight ends in snaps, routes, run targets and catches. He's ahead of Noah Fant. Noah Fant's a guy that I'm a big fan of that is just not rosterable right now because of the tight end rotation in Seattle and Will Disley having success. Will Disley had four catches and four targets that were, those were both season highs and the tight end position is just so funky that he's tight end nine. It's wild. Uh, but again, we have to be realistic with the tight end spot and a guy that might fall into the end zone every now and then uh, is definitely worth uh, rostering. I wouldn't go heavy on Will Disley. Please, please, please don't bid too much, but he is tight end nine through four weeks. So we have to mention him. Another uh, veteran tight end is Mo Alley-Cox. It seems like the Indianapolis tight end position is just like musical chairs. Last week, we saw a two-touchdown game from Jelani Woods. Kylan Granson's a guy that we're a big fan of on the GOAT district. I've written about him in in player profiler uh, waiver wire columns. And Granson also added four catches this past game. I think he's a good player. But Mo Alley-Cox is the one that we need to consider adding on the waiver wire. He had a monster six-catch for 85 yards and two touchdown performance. He led the Colts in snaps and routes run. And he the snaps is a, is a little bit misleading because he's their best blocking tight end. So a lot of times they have him in as a blocker. But being on the field leads to fantasy success. So Mo Alley-Cox, you know, playing this many snaps is a, is a good sign for him. Uh, it's a crowded tight end pos- uh, position in, in Indianapolis. It's, a, it's annoying because all three are going to be used, but Mo Alley-Cox would be the one to roster right now. And then we got to mention Greg Dulcich. We talked about Greg Dulcich last night on the Goat District podcast uh, with a, a, a B-Bag Matoba and also Dio um, and JD. We all had a really nice tailgate podcast. I encourage you to listen to it. We went over a lot of good stuff. But Greg Dulcich would be a guy that I would absolutely add. Um, I've been encouraging people to add him in my waiver wire column. I think when he comes back, um, he's going to have a big role. I think he'll step right in as the lead tight end in Denver. It's a guy that they really hyped up in the offseason. He was a former wide receiver at UCLA who converted to tight end. He's a very, very natural receiver. He's not a mauler blocker. And I think that the Denver offense needs weapons, especially now with Javante Williams gone for the season. I think they're going to have to lean on the passing game a little more. Albert Okwibunum is just like never going to be heard from again. He ran, he had one snap, I believe, last game, which is just insane. But Nathaniel Hackett is a donkey, and who knows what, what he's thinking. But I know one thing is this Denver coaching staff drafted Greg Dulcich. They used a second round pick on him. They talked him up in the in the offseason. The Denver Broncos social media would do everything they could to hype up Greg Dulcich. Greg Dulcich is going to be a thing. Get ahead ahead of your league mates and add Greg Dulcich this week. Damian Williams, Greg Dulcich, those two guys are like stashes that I that I want to see you add. I think we want to be ahead of the market on those guys. Uh, another stash. We actually have two stashes to talk about at the wide receiver spot. The first one is Wandell Robinson. Wandell Robinson should be rostered, um, but in a lot of home leagues, he is not. I know he's available in one of my home leagues. The Giants are a complete mess at wide receiver. Sterling Shepard went down for the season last week. Richie James leads all Giants wide receivers with 15 catches. 
but he had only one catch this past weekend. Robinson could get a Sterling Shepard like 20 plus percent target share when he comes back. I think right out the gate, it might be a lot of low A dot looks. He might be kind of like Rondell Moore was last season, which was a little frustrating for fantasy, but I think he'll see more volume uh, than Rondell had last year. And I think that Robinson will get a few manufactured rushing attempts. I think that it's a guy that they draft in the second round. They were very, very bullish on him. They took him ahead of George Pickens. So Wondell Robinson's a guy that the Giants' new coaching staff invested a lot in. He's a high-character guy. He was extremely successful at Kentucky. And I think that he's the kind of guy that is going to just see immediate looks in that offense. Daniel Jones likes the low dot looks, and I think Robinson will thrive there. They are desperate for playmakers in New York. Daniel Bellinger, uh, you know, it's pretty much – going to be a bunch of rookies. Um, hopefully Kadarius Tony gets a chance at some point this year. He can't get healthy and he can't get out of the doghouse. So I would bet on Wondell Robinson. And we didn't mention him with the tight ends, but Daniel Bellinger, um, if you're really desperate, is another guy you can add. We'll mention another potential stash because he's being linked to the Giants as well, uh, is Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham, there's some rumors that the Rams, the Giants, the Packers – are all considering Odell. Odell is interesting because, you know, we've got through four weeks of the season where he's kind of just like kind of cryptic tweets, throwing himself out there. I would bet that Odell plays at some point in the NFL season, and I think it's time to roster him. Him signing with the Giants would kind of be an, an ugly signing in a sense that we don't see him attached to, you know, a uh, – a Matt Stafford, although Stafford looked awful last night, attached to a Matt Stafford or an Aaron Rodgers. Um, again, that would be more exciting for, for Odell. But uh, a high target share percentage and a reunion in New York, I think, makes for a nice storyline. I think in a chaotic season like this one, Odell Beckham having a smash game or a few smash games is in the cards. So he's another guy I'd want to roster. Uh, Khalil Shakir is kind of under the radar right now. He has a great opportunity in Buffalo. Jamison Crowder suffered a broken ankle and is out indefinitely. He's going to be done for the year. So Shakir is right now as the number four wide receiver in one of the league's best offenses. Isaiah McKenzie is, has, is I believe, in the cut concussion protocol. I think he'll miss this week if I had to bet on it. And Gabe Davis has already missed a game this season. And also McKenzie's missed a game this season. So Shakir is a, is a couple injuries away from being on the field full-time uh, with the best quarterback in the league and one of the best offenses in the league. So Shakir is a rookie wide receiver that I think we need to add. I think you can add him for very cheap. In home leagues, you can get him for a dollar. And in higher stakes leagues, you know, he's a maybe a, a 3 or 4% type guy. Josh Reynolds showed what he's capable of when he gets opportunities this past week. We talked about Jared Goff. We talked about how good that Detroit offense is right now. Uh, Josh Reynolds had seven uh, catches for 81 yards and a touchdown. He led the Lions wide receivers in routes run. He, he led them in targets. And he had produced a, you know, a very usable, very nice fantasy line. If Amon Ross St. Brown comes back this week, it kind of temper your expectations for Reynolds. But I think you can still use him as a flex. DJ Shark is out, and now Quintez Cephas uh, suffered an injury. So the Lions are beat up at the wide receiver spot. So add Josh Reynolds if he's still available and he was not added last week. 
Probably my number one wide receiver ad, if he's available in any league this uh, week, is Alec Pierce. Pierce is a second-round pick uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. He's kind of quietly had a really nice past two weeks. Two weeks ago, he caught three passes for 61 yards in his NFL debut. And this past week, he added four catches for 80 yards. Um, he led the, the Colts wide receivers with 80 yards receiving, and he tied for the Colts, uh, Colt, all, tied all court, Colts wide receivers with his four catches. So he's suddenly becoming a thing in Indianapolis. He's a very big athletic downfield threat. He's really flashes on film. And I think if he starts to see seven, eight targets a week, I think it's going to help the entire offense. I think he can thrive next to Michael Pittman. I don't think that their skill uh, sets overlap. So Pierce would be a guy that I would prioritize if he's available in your leagues. I would definitely try to add him. You know, if, if he's available in an FFWC or, or, or NFFC, um, you know, wide receiver heavy format, I would be very, very aggressive getting Alec Pierce. But I would encourage you to add him in any FFPC league, any home league. I think he's going to have a nice end of the season. And I think he's due for a smash game. I think you're going to see a game where Alec Pierce has like 125 yards receiving and people are like, you know, I really wish I would have added this guy when he was a little more under the radar. And then we'll mention Kyle Phillips, who we've talked about on this show before. It looks like Traylon Burks. I got to pour one out. I love Traylon Burks. I have a ton of him in Dynasty, but he's injured now. He's going to miss some time. He's headed most likely to the IR. Um, it's a good opportunity for Kyle Phillips. His wide receiver competition in Tennessee is Robert Woods and um, Nick Westbrook-Akine. Phillips had a really good first game of the year with six catches for 66 yards, and he's basically done nothing since. He's had two one-catch games and one game where he was injured. He, I think he's got a chance to carve out a role here. He's a, he's a slot-wide receiver. He's going to run easy, easy targets for Ryan Tannehill to complete. So I'm, I'm looking for Kyle, Kyle Phillips. If he was dropped in your leagues, he's an interesting guy to add. Uh, thanks for joining us today. This was fun. I uh, appreciate everybody. Um, oh, here we go. Scott Cobe. Uh, shout out to Scott Cobe. Yep, he's in the concussion protocol uh, re regarding uh, McKenzie. Um, shout out to 1912. Are we cutting Komet? I, I would think about cutting Komet. I think it's very frustrating. The Chicago Bears are averaging – 16 and a half passing attempts per game, uh, right around there. It's disgusting. I think it's going to be a lot of frustrating weeks of Cole Komet. And I think he's the kind of guy you're going to be excited about when he has four catches. So, you know, it's, it's league dependent. You look at some of these FFPC leagues and there's no tight ends available. You might, you know, be apprehensive about dropping him, but if I had to drop, you know, Cole Komet for Greg Dulcich, I'm doing it in a second. Shout out to the millennial broker. Gerald Everett or Kyle Pitts rest of the season. Uh, Steve, that's a that's a that's a that's a really really tough one for for me to answer. I'm still going to stick with Kyle Pitts, but Gerald Everett looks really really good, and he's got a coaching staff that uses him. So maybe that's the incorrect one, but I'm going to stick with my love for Kyle Pitts. Uh, shout out to JD. Appreciate the kind words, JD. Um, and you can look for us again later later tonight, where Andrew Schellenberg and I are going to do a podcast, uh, not a long one, but we're going to do a podcast tonight, a Millie Billy's uh, follow-up with Andrew Geller, a.k.a. The Guilds, a really, really good high-stakes player. Uh, Andrew and Andrew and I split a main event team 
we're a little angry right now because we needed George Kittle points last night and Brandon Ayuk points, and they both uh, dropped a dud. So we suffered a really tough loss last night. But it'll be really fun to get a chance to talk to those two guys and kind of follow up on what we did this past summer uh, and you know how we view our team moving forward. And we're going to go over some other topics as well. So this was a lot of fun. I'll be back next week with that. Thursday night, we have Pete Overzet of a Ship Chasing joining us for the Thursday night tailgate. That's going to be awesome. Uh, he's one of my favorite follows on Twitter. Very funny guy, very knowledgeable guy. It'll be really fun to uh, hang out with him before the, the game. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Really, really appreciate you guys tuning in, and we will see you later.